Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Genesis chapter 41. To all of our visitors, so glad to see you today. Let's give our visitors a good round of applause. Glad you're with us. Amen. Genesis 41 and two verses, verse 51 and 52. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So to paraphrase, the first son of Joseph, he named so that he would forget. Manasseh means forget. And the second son he named Ephraim, which means remember. Remember. Today I want to speak to you for a few minutes on this subject. Are you suffering from memory loss? Are you suffering from memory loss. God bless you, you may be seated. The average number of years that people are living these days is increasing. People are just living longer. But the longer that we live, sometimes we begin to lose our memory. Now, I I know that there's Alzheimer's and there's dementia and things like that and diseases, and usually these things take place in older people. But even people that don't get Alzheimer's and dementia can forget things. Why, just the other day, I went to the basement. When I got there, I said, why am I here? You shook hands with somebody today, and if they're a visitor, do you remember when they told you what their first name was? We forget things, don't we? We don't, we don't remember things very well. And so, in our lives, we can suffer. That's why you've heard the saying. I, I actually took the saying, suffering from memory loss, because... If you lose your memory, you suffer to some degree. It's embarrassing to shake hands with somebody when you forgot their name. That's why as Christians, we have a huge advantage by calling each other brother and sister. (laughs) Hey, sister, sister. (laughs) Hey, brother. Hey, bro. We have a huge advantage because we forget things. I see people that keep notepads in their shirt. They take it out and write notes, won't mention any names. They take notes because they're afraid they're gonna forget. Notepads, iPads, cell phones. What time are we getting together? Nine o'clock, okay, just a minute. I gotta get my phone out and make sure I put it in my phone or write it in a pad because if I walk away from you, I might. 
And how embarrassing would it be if I'm supposed to meet you at the pine cone at nine o'clock on Monday morning in Watertown and you're there and I'm not? That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? All from memory loss. Now, I want to show you something about God concerning memory. Isaiah 49 and verse 14. This is what Israel said to God. And they said in verse 14, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord hath forgotten me. Have you ever thought that God forgot about you? That God didn't hear your prayer? That God didn't see how important it was to you for him to do what you had asked him to do? And when they presented this, this is what the Lord said back to them. He said, can a woman forget her sucking child? that she would not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. I have you graven upon the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. Did you hear what he said? This is prophetic here, by the way. He was referring to nail prints, If you ever thought that God has forgotten you, all he has to do is look at one of his hands. And your walls, your problems, your difficulties, they also are before him. He does not forget you. He has not forsaken you. He'll never leave you. No, not to the end of the world. Now you can leave him, but he's not one for quitting and not one for giving up. But we also find a contrary scripture in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16. In the New Testament, he says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Sounds to me like God has the ability to have a selective memory. He has the ability to remember what he should and to forget what he decided he would forget. He has a selective memory. We need a selective memory too. We need a selective memory too. There are some things we would do well to forget and some things that we should never forget. But we get to select what those are. Psalms 56 and 8. Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears in thy bottle, are they not in thy book? Every tear that falls from your eyes, he keeps. Every prayer that you ever offer, he records. We have a God who has selective memory. And he is not about to forget. He is touched by our infirmities. 
When you're sad, when you're going through a trial, you're not alone. Just because you can't feel God doesn't mean God isn't there. Doesn't mean God doesn't care. We put too much emphasis on our feelings and not enough on what the word of God has to say about what God is doing when our walls are before him. And our tears are being caught with his hands. You know God even has memorials in heaven? Acts chapter 10, when he talked about Cornelius and sent an angel to him. And this is what Cornelius said to the angel, what is it, Lord, in Acts 10 and 4? And the angel said, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. A memorial. So do you know God has memorials in heaven for you? Now this can be good or this can be bad. It's important for us to prepare to meet the Lord our God in our lifetime. Because if we don't, our sins will follow us to judgment. That's what the scripture says. Some men's sins go before them to judgment. That's what happens in repentance and in baptism and in confession. Your sins go before the throne and there they are eradicated so that he can remember them no more. But the Bible also says, and other men's sins follow after them to judgment. And when we get there, we find out that God has memorialized our lives. There are some things that it would be good for us as Christians to forget. Some of the people in this congregation have been abused as a child. It's difficult. I, I was not abused, so I guess I'm not qualified to say what you've gone through. Some of you have been through a divorce. Difficult, painful. Not something you get over overnight. Some of you have had broken relationships. Your best friend may have betrayed you, forsaken you, lied about you, tried to take all the other friends away with him and leave you all alone, and, and you've suffered from broken relationships, and addictions, arguing, fighting. It's difficult. But God can help us. And God can deliver us. And God can cause us. If he has selective memory and we are created in his image, then he can help us to forget if he can. We can forget. But we have to make a choice concerning what we will remember and what we will forget. Romans 14 and 17. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many of you want that? Righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what the Spirit of God can bring to your life. Well, I'm struggling with my thought life. He gives us peace. 
I'm just not happy. He gives us joy. I feel so guilty. He gives us righteousness. God provides all that we need to overcome what we should forget, what we can't change, what we can't fix, what we need not endure. And it comes from him and from his spirit. Now the enemy, as Brother Matson pointed out this morning and did a great job in our Sunday school class, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But he read the rest of the verse. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I've got an antidote for death. It's called life. I've got an antidote for stealing. It's called giving. I've got an antidote for destroying. It's called eternal life. I've got an antidote for snake bites. But you need to remember my word and the promises that I've given you because the enemy is gonna try and steal your righteousness, your peace, and your joy. Try and make you sad. We've got a world full of people that are depressed and discouraged and defeated and we've got the greatest thing going. We've got the Holy Ghost down in our souls and they can have it too. There's a hope for them. There's a hope for them. And we need to share that hope. Well, what am I supposed to think about? Well, Philippians 4 and 8 tells us, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Change your thinking. What are you thinking about? As a man thinketh, that's what he becomes. What are you thinking about? So I can't help it, my thoughts, I know. I wake up in the morning, I know some people wake up in the morning and it takes them a long time to get going and they gotta have coffee and they gotta shower and all that stuff and there's a lot that goes on before they start thinking. Not me. My eyes are open, I'm thinking right away. And I have to talk to myself and I have to control my thoughts I have not mastered this, but I'm working on it. I have to control what I'm thinking about. Do you know why people can't sleep at night? They're thinking about the wrong things. I heard a story one time about a man that owed $20,000. He did everything he could to make sure that he could get that money back to the person he borrowed it from, and it was due the next day, and he didn't have it. And he sat up all night wringing his hands and finally his wife got mad at him and said, why are you not in bed? Well, I owe this guy $20,000 and, and I don't have all the money and I'm work I, she said, are you working on it? Yeah. Are you short? Yeah. Okay, well, you're doing the best you can. Well, that's not good enough and he kept wringing his hands and finally she said, give me his number. It's two o'clock in the morning. She calls this guy up at two o'clock in the morning. Sir, 
My husband doesn't have your $20,000. He's working on it. He'll give you it as soon as he can. And she hangs up the phone and says, now let him worry about it and you go back to bed. I'm not saying that we should be delinquent and we shouldn't make effort, but when we've done what we know to do, what good is my worry? What, what benefit is my fear? And actually, am I not insulting God? I need to be careful about the things that I think about. I need to be careful about the things that I think about. How about... How about our heritage? Talking about thinking, just for a minute, thinking. Remember the Alamo. Anybody ever hear that? Remember Pearl Harbor. Remember 9-11. Do I need to go on? Am I making my point? There are events in our history that have been tragic to us. And so we tell ourselves that we need to remember these things. But why should we remember these things? Is it so that we can hate a group of people or a nation? Is that the reason we should remember it? You know, I, I'll give you this. I, I'm married to a woman of German descent. The Germans fought the Americans in World War I and World War II and lost both times. I love my German wife. By the way, the Irish have never lost a war. But should I hate everybody that is of German descent? You're not gonna get along very well in Wisconsin, I can tell you that. There's a lot of them around here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why should I remember those events? I should remember them for a nation that made sacrifices and performed acts of heroism to keep this nation free. That's why I should remember those events. I should be thankful for people that put their life on the line to protect our rights and our freedoms. That's why I should remember. Not so that I can have bad feelings toward other nations. I have to select what I will remember and select what I will forget. I have to. It's necessary for me if I'm to survive. And, and, I, and I'll share this with you. I believe that people that appreciate, this is a quote from R.A. Kiley, People that remember their heritage will leave a legacy. But if you forget where you've come from and the sacrifices that this nation has made to get us to where we are today, you will leave no legacy and you will only speak negatively. And that is not gonna do you a bit of good. Say, well, are we supposed to stick our heads in the sand and act like things aren't bad? No, I didn't say that. But if all you're ever gonna talk about is the negativity and the problems and forget about your heritage, you're not gonna leave a legacy. 
You're not gonna build patriotism in people. You should pray for your nation. You should pray for the leaders of your nation. You should win the lost to Christ. That's the greatest way to change our nation. It's not a political problem, it's a spiritual problem. It's good versus evil. And the good need to stand up. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. So stand up and be counted and do what you can for Christ and for them one at a time if it need be. One at a time. But remember what God has done for you. Christians must never forget what God has done for us. Never forget your testimony. Again, I talked about this on Wednesday night. How do we overcome? And we heard it in the song service today too. By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Psalms, chapter 103, verse one. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, And forget not all of his benefits, who forgave all mine iniquities, who healed all my diseases, who redeemed my life from destruction, who crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Is that what we're thinking about? Is that what we're remembering? Or are we forgetting? Are we suffering from memory loss? From memory loss. How many of you remember your first date with your wife? Anybody remember that? Many of you have forgotten, but I remember the first date I had with my wife-to-be. I remember, and I've, I've told you some of these things, so I won't tell you again, because I can remember that I've told you many times. <laughs> but I remember the first date. And I remember September the 5th. We can remember 9-11, We can remember December 7th, 1941. Why can't we remember our marriage? September the 5th, 1970. I can remember being married in a Methodist church. I can remember how hot it was, how everybody was sweating because we didn't have air conditioning. I can remember my beautiful bride coming down the aisle. I can remember things like that, like yesterday. and it's gonna be 45 years ago. How is it that I can remember that? Because I choose to remember the good things in my life. I could tell you a sad story today and, and give you gory details of the difficulty that this marriage had after September the 5th, 1970. But instead, I choose to tell you this today, that one day, Rick and Liz Kiley went to an apostolic church at the invitation of a fireman. And for the first time, they entered into the presence of God. 
It was like no other service they'd ever been in. Were they afraid? Absolutely. Did they think the people were nuts? Yes, we did. But out of respect, we stayed till the end of the service. We were introduced to the word of God and sat in, but I know I'm going to Brother Larson now, I'm starting to tell my story again. But I, I never get tired of telling my story. Home Bible study. How many of you remember sitting in home Bible studies? How many of you remember you, you had a target? You and your wife said, you know what? We want to win this couple to God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to invite them over for supper. And we're going to ambush them with our faith. And we're going to give them a good meal. And we're going to be real nice to them. When's the last time we did that? Got real quiet now. We used to do it. We need to do it again and again and again. Don't just invite your top five friends over. If you want to have your top five friends over, include somebody that's not one of your top five friends. Include a visitor, include somebody that's new in church. Fellowship, rub off on one another. Remember what it was like to win a soul? We even fasted before they came. You know, maybe we should fast a couple days this week because they're coming Saturday night. When's the last time we fasted for somebody other than ourselves? When's the last time we were excited about seeing visitors at the altar and rushed to their aid? When's the last time we heard about somebody having a need and, and we were able to supply it? Have we forgotten those days? Are we suffering from memory loss? Because I'll tell you what, there's no joy like being used of God and helping somebody else. There's no joy like that. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. There's no joy greater than that. But we can forget when we should remember, and we can remember when we should forget. How many of you ever been hurt? Anybody ever hurt you in your life? For those of you that were not able to raise your hand, it's coming. <laughs> I'm prophesying. Hear the word of the Lord. Somebody's going to hurt you. What are you going to do then? I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get vengeful. Let me tell you how that works. When you wake up in the morning, they'll be at the foot of your bed. Because you know why? You took them to bed with you last night. You thought about them. You talked about them in your mind. How disappointed you were. You mulled all this stuff over that they did to you. May the fleas of a thousand camels come over this brother in Christ. In Jesus' name. What is that? Sinners treat sinners better than saints treat saints. I remember in the old days, some of you old timers like me will be able to remember this and you'll say amen. We used to say, 
Are there any unsaved loved ones? Raise your hand, we're gonna pray for them right now. I got a question for you. Are there any unloved saved ones that we're willing to pray for? We're forgetting some of the things we should remember and we're remembering some of the things we should forget. We got it backwards. Do you remember where you were when the Lord picked you up? He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. We used to sing it. Remember when we used to sing it? Do we still live it? Do we still remember where we were? Mm. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 18. Verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. Pardon me if I pick apart this passage and this story that I'm about to read to you, but I think it's important to get it in the context in which it is written. The king is only judging his servants at this time. When he'd begun to reckon, one was brought to him which owed him 10,000 talents. As much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. Now what would happen is the king would put the entire family in what's called the debtor's prison. And you'd be paid a minimal wage for anything that was required of you for every day that you were in the prison. A tally would be kept and you and your family would not be released until the debt was fully paid. The king had every right to do this. It wasn't personal, it was just business. So the man comes and he's got this great debt that he's never gonna be able to pay, okay? Who suffers from our debt? Here's another point. Who suffers when we're angry? Everybody in our family. The debt came on his wife and it came on his children. They all suffered for one man's debt. Well, it's not fair. So the guy that created the debt in prison, let the rest of us stay out here. No, as the head of our housemen, somebody needs to preach with me today, we need to understand that the decisions that we make affect all of us. As for me and my house, all of my influence, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. I'm gonna do everything with my influence to influence my family to serve God. The opposite can be true too. The man realizes this and fell down and worshiped 
the king, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Again, I'm asking you, child of God, do you remember this day in your life? Because I'm this guy. I guess I can't speak for you, so I'll only speak for Rick Kiley. I'm this guy with the 10,000 talent debt that I'm never gonna be able to pay off. I'm the guy that came to the altar and sought God's mercy and compassion. And I'm the guy that received it and was forgiven. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. Do you remember that day? Do you remember when you got up from that altar and felt like you were lighter? Do you remember when you stood in a baptismal tank after being baptized in Jesus' name, what it felt like to have your debt completely paid off in full so that he could say, you're one of those guys that I'm talking about. Your sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Aren't you glad for that? And then you were so afraid. You were afraid, oh God, I, I, I'm afraid I'm gonna continue to be the same person I always was and I'm gonna make these mistakes and we're all still making mistakes. Even beyond the 10 that said amen, we're all still making mistakes. We all still need mercy and we can find it at his feet. We need it. But he said, yeah, well, I got an antidote for that. I'm gonna write my laws in your hearts and in your minds. I'm gonna give you a new spirit. I'm gonna give you a new heart. I'm gonna fill you with my spirit. And When you get that, you've got the power you need to overcome. You get a choice. You can remember the old ways and go back to them if you want to, but you do have the power now to be victorious. And when we go back, this is my opinion. This is my opinion, so if you don't like it, throw it away. But in my opinion, every backslider is suffering from memory loss. They have forgotten where they were. And in all likelihood, they will go back to their wallowing in the mire and the dog will return to his vomit because they have not remembered what God did for them and how lost and unhappy and undone they were before he gave them compassion. Compassion. Thank God for compassion. But the same servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants, almost like a brotherhood. We serve the same king. But you're a debtor to me. You owe me. You owed him 100 pence. 
put his hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, you better pay me all that you owe me right now. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me. I will pay you all, which is the same thing, word for word, that he had just offered the king. Same words, no compassion. Hmm. But he would not, and he went and he cast him into prison till he'd pay the debt. But other fellow servants saw what was done, and they were very sorry. And they came and told unto their Lord all that was done. And his Lord said after he had called him, you are a wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you desired me. Shouldest thou not have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as I had pity on you? Notice his answer. No answer. He asked a question. The Lord asked a question. He didn't get an answer. So his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly, your heavenly Father do unto you if you forgive not from your hearts every one of his brother their trespasses. Hmm. I don't want to be in that group. To whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is forgiven, one loves much. That's what you heard recently with the woman that wiped Jesus' feet. This person had short-term memory loss. He had forgotten how much he owed. He had forgotten the compassion of his Lord. But he was able to remember the one that owed him. That he had a memory for. That's why I've been saying to you all this time, we need to be selective with the things that we should forget and the things that we should remember. We have received great mercy. We should give great mercy. Forgiveness is owed. Trust is earned. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna explain this to you. Just take me a minute. Didn't even in the Lord's prayer, the Lord say, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. Did he say that? Okay. I don't want to be like the servant that has to go to prison after I've experienced the mercy of God. So I have to forgive. That's owed. I owe everybody forgiveness. I don't trust everybody. If you wrong somebody, you're going to have to earn the trust back. That may take time, but you will have to segregate forgiveness and trust. You have to segregate them. 
Some people can't do that. Say, well, I'd never, I'm never going to get married again because I don't believe I could ever trust another man for the rest of my life. Wait a minute. All men are not created equal. All men are not the same. You've got, in all likelihood, a problem with forgiveness toward all men because of what one man did to you. So you need to forgive that man and walk away. I'm not saying you move back in with him. That is a trust issue, and that would have to be re-earned. But you do have to forgive. Let's stand together. Genesis. Here's my final point. This, what I've preached to you today will help you sleep at night. It will. It'll bring your peace and your joy and your righteousness back to your life. It'll renew relationships that should be renewed. It'll bring people back together. In Genesis, we read about Joseph. Here's where we began today. Joseph, remember Joseph, the one who was sold by his brothers as a slave? The one that was falsely accused of rape and put in prison and all the terrible things that people did to his life? Do you remember what he said? I named my first Manasseh because I needed to forget all my father's house and all that these people, these terrible, terrible people had done to me. So I named a son to forget. And then I named a son to remember. His name was Ephraim because in spite of all that man did to me, God has still been good to me. Can I get an amen? In spite of all that man and women can do to you, God has always been good to you and caused you to be fruitful even in the land of your affliction. So that son is Ephraim. And now, granddad is gonna pray for those two boys. Jacob is gonna put his hand on Manasseh's head and pray for him, and then he's gonna pray for Ephraim. But instead, Jacob took his hand and moved it to Ephraim. This is Genesis 48 and 17. And when Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand on the hand of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he lifted up his hand from his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head and move it over to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, not so my father, this is the firstborn, put your right hand on his head. And his father refused and said, I know it my son, I know it. I know what I'm doing, Joseph, trust me. I'm not old and senile, I have a purpose for what I'm doing. He will become a people and he will be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Do you know what Jacob was doing? He was giving us the final point of this message. We need to remember first of all and foremost how good God has been to us and to our families. That shouldn't be second. 
that should be first. And if we get that first, then it will be easier for us to deal with the Manasseh of our life, the ones who have hurt us and harmed us. Truly, the younger spirit inside of you needs to rule in your life. You weren't born with the Holy Ghost. You weren't born with the Spirit of God. That's the second spirit that entered your life. But the second spirit should prevail over the first spirit. The younger should rule over the elder. Remember Isaac and Jacob? The same way. Jesus, I pray today for mercy. I pray today, Lord, that we wouldn't suffer from memory loss, that we'd first and foremost have an Ephraim in our life, that we'd acknowledge all that you've done for us and be so appreciative and count our blessings and our benefits and all that you've done in our life. Help us to have an Ephraim. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.